Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today we are continuing the series that we've started simply that we've entitled I Am. And we're learning about the names of God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. You know, in ancient times, a name was expected to reveal important information and insight into a, a person's character, their nature, and their future. But watch this. It wasn't just their nature about them necessarily that was important, but also when you knew their name, it was a reflection of their future with you. It was, let me say it this way, it also revealed your future with them and what could happen with them in your life. That's powerful when we talk about a name. And so when we look at this and we look at the names of God, the reason why we're doing this is because God wants to reveal himself to you and I. He wants to know you intimately, not just in a religious way. He really wants to know your heart. And because of the depth of God's character, he has various names that reflect his many ways. See, God's character is multidimensional. His character is multifaceted. So what he does is he reveals his name to us, and he reveals his names to us so we can gain a different perspective of who he is. And so we started looking at how when God called Moses, remember Moses was at a point in his life where he didn't know about his purpose. He was a shepherd and uh, he had deliverance in his heart. He knew that he wanted to see the children of Israel delivered. He didn't know quite how to do it. He did it the wrong way. He killed an Egyptian. So now he's in the desert and he's a shepherd. And then he sees this burning bush which the Bible says was burning but not consumed, and it begins to speak to him, and it is God calling him, calling him to go back to Egypt to be the deliverer that he was supposed to be. And Moses is very smart because Moses asks God, he says, okay, God, who do I say sent me? And I like this about Moses because Moses knew enough to know that he couldn't go in his own name and in his own authority. He knew that the name of Moses wasn't going to do anything. And I think that's kind of funny sometimes because I think that's how we think we are. Like the name Phil, you know, that does that mean something to you? No, but I will tell you this, when God tells you his name, then that brings the power and the authority that his name brings. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, God is choosing to reveal who he is to Moses. I want to remind you for a moment, this is not Moses giving God a name. This is actually God choosing to reveal himself to Moses. Is anybody grateful that God chooses to reveal himself to us? Anybody grateful? This is a God who wants to know you, who wants to reveal himself to you. And so he gives him this name. He says, I want you to tell them, I am that I am sent you. In other words, I am. And we looked at this, and we said that this is the Hebrew word Yahweh. Everybody say that with me. Say Yahweh. Yahweh. It means the existing one. 
but actually has more depth and more meaning than just the existing one that we're going to talk about today. And the title of my message today is Jesus is your Yahweh. Come on, turn to your neighbor real quick and say, Jesus is your Yahweh. Come on, if you're watching today, turn to the person on the couch and say, Jesus is your Yahweh. It's interesting because in the New Testament, if you look at John chapter 8, the Pharisees are trying to know who Jesus is. They're actually accusing him of things, and they want to know, who are you really? And here's what Jesus does. He does the same thing that he did in the burning bush, is he reveals a name in John chapter 8, verse 58. He says this, Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, proper English would mean that Jesus would say this, before Abraham was, I was. But that's not what he said. He said, I am. Wow. This made the Pharisees mad because this is what the Pharisees knew. The Pharisees knew by him saying that he was, I am, he was saying, I am your Yahweh. Say that word, Yahweh. Yahweh. So our God has a name. He is not just some force to be reckoned with. Jesus says, I am, I am Yahweh. So Yahweh is the Old Testament name for Jesus in the New Testament. Are you following me? I said, Yahweh is the Old Testament name for Jesus in the New Testament. But let's talk about this word Yahweh and because it has a much deeper meaning than just the existing one. And he is the existing one. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and is to come, the Almighty. So he is the existing one. He has always been. But now Jesus brings us another perspective. Jesus actually says, I am Yahweh. And Yahweh also means this. It means Redeemer, Deliverer. Savior. I want you to say those with me. Say Redeemer, Deliverer, Savior. One last time, say it loud. Redeemer, Deliverer, Savior. When you read the Old Testament, you don't see the word Yahweh. You actually, it's been translated the word Lord or Jehovah. And I looked into this and I thought, wow, I wonder why they didn't just use the word Yahweh. But what happened was the Old Testament writers, the translators, used the, word, used the word Jehovah because they believed they actually weren't worthy or didn't uh, have the right to use Yahweh. They held it in such a, a holy respect that they translated it Lord or Jehovah. And I thought, how interesting, because Yahweh means redeemer, deliver, savior, but that's exactly what religion does. Religion, it puts you right back under the bondage you came in with. Here is Jesus revealing himself, I am your savior, I am your redeemer, I am your deliverer, and yet they say, well, no, we can't say that name. My church family, can I tell you, the purpose of God giving us his name is so that we could say his name and we could live our lives in and through that name. If you believe that, say a good amen today. It's interesting because that's what religion does. Even though Jesus reveals himself as savior, religion says, no, you have to save yourself. Religion says it's not about what Jesus did, it's about what you do. And you have to do this, this, and that. 
And it takes our eyes off the cross of what Jesus did and puts it back on our own works. How many of you know we cannot be saved by our works? We are saved by grace through faith in what Jesus did. Because he is your Yahweh. He is your Redeemer, your Deliverer, and your Savior. But if you look throughout the Old Testament, over 6,000 times it uses the word either Lord or Jehovah. And so when God chooses to reveal himself, I want you to think about this. When God chooses to reveal himself, he could use any type of words that he would like to use. I mean, he's God. So he could reveal himself in any way that he would like to. But here's how he revealed himself. He said, first and foremost, here's what I want you to know about me. I am your Yahweh. I am your Redeemer, your Deliverer, and I am your Savior. Say that with me. Jesus is my Yahweh. Now you say, Phil, why are you spending some time on this? Why are we spending so much time on Yahweh? Because every name that we're about to go through in this series flows from Yahweh. Everything that we are going to talk about that God is, it flows first and foremost from Yahweh. So our understanding of God is, is, is really so important, and we have to understand that what he is telling us, listen, my children, first and foremost, every name that we are about to learn, it flows from Yahweh, Redeemer, Deliverer, Savior. Now today what I want to do is I want to show you something that the enemy tries to do. I want you to be aware today of his plans and what he tries to do and what he did even in the beginning. Because our understanding of who God says he is and how he reveals himself is so critical. Why? Because what the devil tries to do, he'll try to do anything that he can to make God seem so distant from you even though Yahweh is actually the personal name of God. It's his personal name, Redeemer, Deliverer, Savior. So I want to look at what he did to Eve so he doesn't do that to you. Because how many of you know Eve made a decision, she made the wrong decision, but maybe if she had and she really knew Yahweh, she could have made a better decision. So here's what the enemy does. He approaches Eve as a snake. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. Now the serpent, who's the serpent? Everybody say the devil. So the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord, okay, so here we see. What do we see, Lord? That's translated Yahweh. Everybody say Yahweh. So the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord, Yahweh, God. Now this name right here is Elohim. It means creator. It means the strong one, right, had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, even here, we see God's revelation. He's revealing himself in the beginning as Yahweh Elohim. Let me say it this way. Jehovah Elohim. He is, right, our Redeemer, Savior, Deliverer, but he is also Creator. So when God is revealing himself, he is saying, I am Yahweh Elohim. I am Yahweh, your creator. Are you following me today? But watch what the enemy does. So because the serpent was more craftier than any of the beasts of the field, which the Lord God had made... 
Here's what he does. Satan sought to deceive Eve by suddenly changing God's name. What did he do? So he said to the woman, watch. He said, now he's talking to the woman. This is the serpent, Genesis 3.1. Indeed, has God said? Now I want you to know something. He is calling God here Elohim. He is calling God creator. How many of you know the devil knows who God is? I'm going to ask that again. How many of you know the devil knows who God is? So here's what he does. He says, he says, indeed, God, Elohim, has said you shall not eat from the tree. So what is he doing? He's removing the name Yahweh from before creator. What he's doing is he's removing the name Lord from God. And so what he does is he seeks to deceive her by hiding God's relational nature and thus the relational impact of the deed he is trying to get her to commit. What the enemy wants to do in your life, in my life, is create a space and make you think that God is distant from you. The enemy would like you to think that God is not in touch with what you're going through. The enemy would love for you to think that you have a God that doesn't know what your temptations are and your trials are. He wants you to think that in the midst of what you're going through, in the midst of your temptation, that he is only a God that is a creator. Are you tracking this morning? Because if you actually understood and knew that what the Bible says, that he never leaves you and he never forsakes you, whether you're going through a temptation or a trial, he is right with you, you would make different decisions. But what he does with Eve is he removes the simple Yahweh, the personal nature of God, and he wants Eve just to focus on God as the creator. So the devil doesn't use Jehovah. So watch what Eve does. This is interesting because what Eve does is when she replies to the snake, when she replies to the devil, she also neglected to call God by his name. She actually just used the name creator. Genesis chapter 3, verse 2, it says, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God, Elohim, creator, has said, you shall not eat, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. I want you to see what, what Eve is doing. Eve is now starting to say what the snake is saying. Can I encourage you? Don't say what the devil's saying. Say what God says. But you and I have a choice like Eve has a choice. She doesn't even really know what God says because she doesn't know Yahweh. So she begins to give misinformation. God never said that, that they couldn't touch it. He never said that. But because she doesn't know God, she doesn't know what he said. And there's a lot of people that live this way. And the reality of it is, is the personal Yahweh deliverer, savior, redeemer was very close to her and loved her. The Bible says that God told them they could eat of every single tree, but human nature says, I want what I can't have. Come on, somebody. I don't know. What about that tree? He says, I can't have it. That must be there's something good. The reality of it is my church family is that God never wanted Adam and Eve to know evil. I'm going to say that again. God never wanted Adam and Eve to know evil. People ask me all the time, Phil, you know, why does God 
put the tree in the garden because God gave you and I a choice. You get to choose to love him. You get to choose to say, God, I need your wisdom. You get to choose to say, God, I need your strength. Or you get to choose to say, I'm going to do this all by myself. Or you get to choose, God, I don't want you. I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to live my life totally distant from you, even though your name is Yahweh and you want to be personal and intimate with me. You get a choice. God wants you to choose to love him because you choose to. So Satan's goal, just like today, was to get Eve and Adam to drop the name Jehovah from their association with God. Listen, the devil's okay. He's totally fine if you know God as creator. The devil's totally fine if you know God as the one who created the universe. He just doesn't want you to know him as Yahweh, your savior, your deliverer. Come on, somebody. Your redeemer. And there's a lot of people living right now. They know God as Elohim. They know him as creator, but they don't know him as Yahweh. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen today? And so this personal God that we have, he comes to us and he wants to be our personal savior, our redeemer, and our deliverer. Come on, would you say that with me again? Say, Redeemer, Deliverer, Savior. I want to talk about Elohim for just a moment. Because right now we're in Genesis. You know that Elohim, the creator, in the Hebrew, actually means the strong one as well. This is the first way that God actually reveals himself to his creation. So I'm not knocking Elohim today. I don't want you to think that. I think it's important that you know who created you. Come on, somebody. Right? I think it's important you know you didn't come from some monkey. Even though you got hair all the way down your back. Come on, guys. Right? And on your neck, and it's connecting to your back, connecting to the, right? You didn't come from some monkey. I know that sometimes you kind of act a little silly, but you didn't come from some monkey. We came from a God. His name is Yahweh Elohim. You were made in his image. But creativity is a part of God's character. Let's talk about Elohim for a minute. Creating is an attribute of his character. And that creator lives on the inside of you. You have the ability to have creative ideas. You have the ability that on the job, that when things and people can't figure out certain things, you have the creator on the inside of you that can give you the wisdom and what is needed to solve the problem. You have the creator on the inside of you that can give you witty ideas for your business. You and I don't have to live inside the box. We can actually think outside the box. Are you glad you came this morning? And so creator is actually the first impression of God himself that he offers to his creation. He says, but God says when he reveals, he says, I am Yahweh Elohim. That's how he reveals himself, right? But I want you to think about how he created the world. Think about this because God, he abides outside of time and space. How do you know that Phil? Because he created the heavens and the earth by existing outside of it. God exists outside of time and space, yet he abides within the realm that we know. So he's not distant. He's not distant. So Elohim creates the heavens and the earth by dwelling outside of it, yet he fills the earth 
and the heavens by existing in it. He is eminently everywhere all the time. There's a theological word. It's called omnipresent. Say that with me. He's omnipresent. All right. Are you ready? Hope you drank some coffee this morning. God is everywhere all the time. I will say it again. God is everywhere all the time. I think sometimes we need to get our mind blown just, just a little bit. Okay. Because there's another name for God. It's called Jehovah Shammah. And it means this. God is there. Where is he? He's there. But guess what? Not only is he there, he's here. He is there and here at the same time. He's there and here at the same time. So he is there and back again at the same time. So when we read this scripture, Revelation chapter one, verse eight, it says that he is the what? The God who is, the God who was, and the God that is to come, right? So you and I, we think categorically, we think the God who was, oh, we need him to be the God who was because thank God for the blood of Jesus that, man, he forgives me of all my sins, my past. So when we think God who was, we know that he's there and we know that he is the God who is because he's right with me. But we also know he is the God who is to come and we think categorically. But can I just tell you today, he is the God who was, the God who is and is to come all at the same time all at the same time. Let me tell you something. I want to go deeper and I want to make this simple. I'm a real simple guy. I think the gospel is very, very simple. We overcomplicate it with a bunch of stuff, but let me just tell you, I'm a simple guy. I like to think A, B, C, and D. How many of you are simple like that? Just, just give me A, B, C, D. I can do that. But let me just say at this stage in my life, if I was at B, because A, I'm no longer at A, a is my past. God has forgiven me of my past, so I'm no longer at A. I'm at B. But I know I got to go through C to get to D, right? So what we think and what we can think categorically is, oh, yes, I'm so thankful for God in my A. When I was at letter A, I'm forgiven. I'm free. But now I'm in my present. Here I am at B. God is with me. And I know that when I get to C, oh, I know that he's going to, to he's going to be there and he's going to help me get to whatever C is to get to D, which is my purpose and my future. See, we can think all that, but my church family, I come today to submit to you that Elohim, our, our Yahweh Elohim is not only A, B, C, and D. He is A, B, C, and D all at the same time. Let that blow your mind for just a moment. Get out of your own little thinking. God's already in the future. Just as much he is right here, right now. Just as much as he was on the cross. Just as much as when he rose again. Just as much as his Holy Spirit was in the upper room with the disciples. He is right here, right now. And he is all where, everywhere, all the time. Whew, that gets me excited. I don't care what the devil tells you. There's not a place that you can go that God is not there. This is Elohim. This is our creator. Everywhere, all the time, the existing one. But you know what our creator can do? Elohim. Yahweh Elohim. He can actually create something out of nothing. You know, for us as humans, we can reconfigure things, we can recalibrate things, we can reform things, right? But mankind, us, we cannot make something out of nothing. Come on, say a good amen. 
We just lack the power, the ingenuity, and the ability to create something from nothing. But you know what? God can create something from absolutely nothing. You know, I was in a service um, probably about two weeks ago, and um, they played a testimony of a woman. This woman was near 50 years old, and she was believing God for a child. Her and her husband were believing God for a child, so they were standing in faith. They took money, and they planted seed. You mean, Pastor Phil, you can plant seed? Yeah, you can put a name on your seed. We do that. You know, for us, we're believing for a building. And so what we do is we take money, and we give an offering to other people's building funds because we want to plant a seed because we need a building. Can I hear a good amen today? And so maybe I don't have enough money. The church doesn't have money to get the building maybe that God wants us at this point. But here's what we do. I always say, if what's in your hand doesn't meet your need, it's your seed. And so you know what you do is you plant a seed. So we have given over the years thousands of dollars. We just did it probably about three weeks ago. We just planted a seed into another church that's building a building. We planted seed. So this woman, she is, she is believing God to have a child. So she planted seed, and they're standing in faith almost 50 years old. But now let me just tell you this. She has another challenge. She doesn't have a womb Medically, she does not have a womb to carry the baby. And here was her testimony. At almost 50 years old, guess what happened? God gave her and her husband not one child, but gave her two children, gave her twins. A woman that does not have a womb, God can create something out of nothing. Let that blow your mind for a moment. Because he's the God who made you. He's the God that come up with the concept of wombs. Because it's interesting because we'll get a diagnosis from the doctor that he says, you know, you can't have kids. You don't know my Yahweh Elohim, right? He is my redeemer, savior, and deliverer, and my creator. And God can make something out of nothing. Come on, give him a good round of applause today. God can give you a creative miracle. I've seen him do it. Ears grow back. Nothing is too impossible for him. Do you believe that, my church family, today? A creative miracle. Because God can create something out of nothing. So Satan was fine with Eve knowing God as Elohim. He just wants to remove the Yahweh from your life. See, because Yahweh is your redeemer, your deliverer, savior. See, as we dive in these next couple of weeks to his name, we're going to talk about one name that means healing. It's a part of his character. And do you know that you can believe God is a healer, but not believe that he's your healer? I'll try this side real quick. Do you know that you can believe that God is a healer for Aunt Betty, but not your healer? And the devil loves it. He doesn't mind that you believe in healing as long as you don't believe that he's your healer. He doesn't mind if you even know what he did on the cross and the forgiveness that Jesus applies to anybody's life to believe as long as you don't believe it. And here's the reality, my church family. This is why Yahweh is so important. Because if you don't believe that he is Yahweh for you personally, you'll never walk in the fullness of what God has for you. Because what does it do? It actually makes God distant from your life. Emmanuel 
is not just a name that we use during Christmas. God with us. He is Emmanuel every day, all the time, whether you feel it or you don't feel it. But if you will have faith in his name and who he is, I'll tell you, it will change the way you live. Can I hear a good amen today? What good is it if we have an all-powerful creator, but we don't believe that he can heal us and be our deliverer, our savior? What good is it if we believe that he is all that he created the world to be, but yet he's not present in our time of need? You know, Psalms 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of need. Can I hear a good amen today? And when you understand that this is personal, that he is your Yahweh, you know what? You'll live different. You'll actually begin to start to walk in salvation. You'll start to walk in deliverance. You will understand that you are delivered. You are redeemed. You know, I think sometimes we can think that Jesus became a savior when he died on the cross, that all of a sudden salvation became a part of his character when he died on the cross. My church family, Jesus died on the cross because he is a savior, because it's part of his character. And he didn't just die on the cross and save you. He is the savior in whatever you're going through in this moment and whatever you will go through. He is our savior. He is our deliverer and he is our redeemer. Come on, say his name. Say Yahweh. Him being savior wasn't just a one-time event. He is our Yahweh right now. He is here with you and I. As I close, I want to say this because I think in conversations with people, I think what can happen is we can be so past-possessed. What do I mean by that? We look back, we know all of the great things that God has done. Man, we're thankful, and we should be. There should be an attitude of gratitude, of thanksgiving for all the things that he did. But you can even see this in the church sometimes, that they are so focused on the revivals that happened. They're so focused on what God did. Oh, you know, the day of Pentecost, he poured out. Yes, I understand, but that is God has the same power in your present today. But we can be so past-possessed about what God did in the past. But, you know, I've talked to people that they're not only past-possessed, others are future-focused. What do I mean? Watch. Oh, Pastor Phil, I know God has a good future for me. The Bible says that. It's a hope. It's a future. Absolutely. We should have faith in that. I'm really excited. But those same people are like this. Well, you know, I'm not doing too well. I'm not feeling too well. But one day when Jesus comes back, I will be healed. I know. So I'm just going to sit around because I'm future focused. And I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait for the rapture. I'm just going to wait for Jesus to come. So I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Let me just tell you this. The same God that is in the past is the same God that's in the future that has power for your present right here and right now. I'm excited about heaven. It's going to be amazing. But you know what? I need some power right now. Come on, somebody. I need healing right now. I need to be able to get up right now. Sometimes I need deliverance right now. I need a redeemer who is present in my time of need. And you know what? There are a lot of Christians who are inactive because we're waiting for that day. We're just waiting for God to come. And oh, Pastor Phil, when he comes, I'm so excited. But you're not doing anything with your life because 
because you don't realize that the same power that's going to be in heaven, the same power that freed you is present right now. There's power present right now for you. If you'll understand that he is your Yahweh. I want to activate some people today. I really do. Because I'm tired of saints just waiting. What are you waiting for? The power is here right now. Get activated. But Yahweh has to become personal for you. I know what's going to happen on that great day. I have people tell me, Pastor Bill, you need to preach on that. You need to preach on all the end times, all of these stuff. That's great. Because I actually think that that's a little easy to know what's going to happen in the end time and just sit there and go, whoo. But here's my question. If I preach on that and you don't get activated enough to go out and tell some people about Jesus, what good is it that we just stand here and go, whoo, that's going to be interesting. When there are people today that need Jesus, that there are people today that need to know Yahweh's power, our redeemer, our savior, and our deliverer. And I'm telling you the same power that you are going to experience on that great day, the same power that delivered you is available right now in your present. Can I hear a good amen today? I think what can happen is as we read the Bible, we can read it as a history book. You know, I've actually been in services where I feel like it was just a history lesson. Preacher gets up, has a cup of coffee right here. Okay, let's go through the Bible. You know, in 44 AD, blah, 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 blah. Okay, everyone, let's pray. Amen. God bless you. This book reveals history, but I think it's so dangerous to just look at this as some part of history. This book is alive. This book reveals our Yahweh, who he is to you and I. And this book is supposed to be alive in you, that it causes for you to act a different way. That you actually take what this book says and it becomes part of your life. Listen, and you begin to live in it. Why am I talking about this today? Why do I think that this is important today because I don't want you to be a person that can believe in Elohim yet never know Yahweh. I don't want you just to read about how he created the earth. I want you to experience a creative miracle in your life because he's Yahweh. Come on. See, in fact, I believe plenty of people believe in God, Elohim but don't know the God in whom they believe, which is Yahweh, our God. And I want to remind you today as I close that Yahweh is the personal side of God that relates to his creation. See, Eve forgot that God would come into the garden in the cool of the day and walk with him. That it has always been God's desire to be with his creation. That's the difference between Christianity and other religions is the God that we worship dwells inside the worshiper. Because he is our Yahweh. He is your savior, deliverer, redeemer.
Can I hear a good amen today? And so here's the goal of this series. The goal of this series is that you know him to the point where you begin to walk like you're redeemed, that you begin to be free and know that you're delivered and that you live out this salvation because you know that Yahweh is your redeemer, deliverer, and savior. And my church family, he is here today. Come on, can we give him a great round of applause this morning? (laughs) Hallelujah. I feel his presence today. I feel him today. And he wants to do great and mighty things in your life because he is right here with us. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Lord, we love you today. Lord, today we embrace you personally. Lord, I know for some of us in our families today that we've had some people, grandma, mom, that have known you, known you personally. We're thankful for that. But today, Lord, we want to commit to knowing you for ourselves, for you being our Yahweh. Come on, say this with me. Say, he's my Yahweh. Come on, say it. He's my Yahweh. Say it. He's my Redeemer. Come on, say it. He's my Deliverer. Come on, say it. He's my Savior. One more time. Come on, say He is my Redeemer. Come on, say He is my Deliverer. He is my Savior. Everything's going to flow out of that for you. Lord, today we love you so much. And how the enemy tries to distance our relationship with you by thinking that you are only one aspect and you are distant. But Lord, today, we want to honor you. We want to receive who you are in our lives. Lord, I pray that barriers would be removed today. Lord, sometimes we think so small. Lord, we have this little concept of who you are, and yet you've always been. You always are. You always will be at the same time, God. And so today we put our faith in you. That, Lord, whatever in our past has not been taken care of, that you are the God who was. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.